Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. question, a number of you would say, yes, it's time for vacation. I was thinking that uh, sometime in later October, early November, I was thinking about going to California to see my family, but unfortunately, I was going to say unfortunately, but fortunately, they are coming here in November, so I'm pretty excited about that, but nonetheless, I was thinking about a vacation when I planned today's sermon You will notice that our title is Welcome uh, Aboard, Welcome Aboard, and we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 8, 34 through 38. If you have your bulletin on the back of that as an opportunity for you to take some notes, if you so choose, they say, not sure who they are, but they say that if you take notes, you learn more, so I encourage you to take notes. So I was thinking about my vacation when I wrote this. When Vicki drops me off at the airport on my way to visit my family in California, three things happen after I get out of the car. All right? Three things happen after I get out of the car, and the first thing uh, I do is I say goodbye. All right? So I go up to the window, or if she gets out, she gives me a hug, and she says... uh, I'm glad you're going. I get to the bed all to myself. Um, So I say goodbye. When I get out of the car, I say goodbye. The second thing I do is I carry my luggage. I grab it out of the car. And because I've learned to travel light, I just have basically an overhead bag that I take. I carry my luggage and I get on the plane. All right. Carry my luggage through the terminal, get to my gate, wait, and I get on the plane. Those are the three things that happen after I get out of the car on my way to California. So last week, if you remember, we had an exam. And if you answered uh, letter C on question two of last week's exam, then you can get ready for your trip to heaven. We're all on a journey here. And if you answered... C, on question two of last week's exam, then you excitedly can get ready for your trip to heaven. Do you remember last week's exam? Jesus is... No? Will. I can't remember. Uh, Last week's exam, Jesus is with his disciples and he asked them two questions. Remember, and the first question was, who do people say that I am? That was our text last week. Who do people say that I am? And I gave you a few answers. Some say John the Baptist. Remember from last week? Some say Elijah in the book of Matthew. It says Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked that second very, very important question. And we said last week the most important question you will ever answer. Who do you say I am? Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter's answer, with God's help, remember he said, you are the Christ. And in the book of Matthew, it goes on and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
In other words, Peter is saying, with God's help, you are the Messiah. You are the one we've been waiting for. But we all know that believing that requires more than just head knowledge. Because a whole lot of people believe certain things about Jesus, but they are not necessarily Christians. To really believe that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it requires a commitment, right? It requires a commitment. John 3.16 says it perfectly. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him, believes. There's more than just head knowledge there. It's a commitment. Believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so we talk about it in terms of inviting Jesus into our life and then living for him. And inside your bulletin I have also included, how do I become a Christian? And so if that is of interest to you, you can take a peek at that. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, if you've never committed your life to following Him. If you have committed, you hold your ticket to heaven. And in our text this morning, Jesus addresses ticket holders. And so if you have your Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 8, and we will be looking at verses 34 to 38 together. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him. Jesus is talking now to his ticket holders, along with his disciples, and said, If anyone would come after me. So the most important thing you can do is make sure you have your ticket. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. And then a tough question, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory and with the holy angels. And then we're just going to look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 9, we're going to really dig into it next week, but uh, I think uh, chapter 9 verse 1 really goes with what uh, he was just saying there. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. So that is the reading of God's word. So if you are looking on your notes there, the first important thing is to get your ticket. If anyone would come after me, and that's the invitation, if anyone If anyone would come after me, Jesus is saying to each of us, if you would like to be my follower, you can be. If you'd like to be my follower, if you'd like to get a ticket to heaven, you can. And when you get your ticket then, you have to do three things. And it's the same three things that I have to do when I get out of the car on my way to California. And the first thing you have to do is say goodbye. The first thing you have to do is say goodbye. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. He must deny himself. It's not 
an invitation, and those of you that have been Christians for a long time know that it's not an invitation to health and wealth or trouble-free living. It's really saying goodbye to ourselves. It's saying goodbye to the things of this world, the things that this world holds as really important. We are saying goodbye to those things, and we are saying goodbye to sin. When you deny yourself, you are under new ownership. We talked about that a few weeks ago when we read through My Life, Christ's Home. Vicki and I read it together up here, remember? When you become a Christian, you are handing the deed of your life. You are denying yourself. You are saying goodbye to your old way. And you are saying hello to what you might say the new sheriff in town. Jesus is now, when we become Christians, the new sheriff in town. It's not any longer what do I want, it's what does God want me to do? What does God want me to say? What does God want me to think? When we say goodbye, we are saying goodbye to our old way of life. We are denying ourselves. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. And then it says that you must carry your luggage. You must carry your luggage. And, you know, when we go to the airport, you see all different kinds of luggage, don't you? You see pretty luggage. You see old ragged luggage. You see people with ten bags, and they're trying to carry them all, and it's quite a nuisance. Uh, but we are all currently wheeling our luggage, if you will, through the terminal of life. We are all currently wheeling our luggage through the terminal of life. And when we pick up our luggage, in a way, it could be similar to carrying our cross. And I think you are very familiar that it's getting tough out in the world that we live in for Christians. And the Bible says that the closer the time comes when Jesus will return, the tougher it's going to be. And all you got to do is read the newspapers or watch television to see that it's pretty tough out there. And that our luggage, if you will, is getting pretty heavy. Our cross is getting pretty heavy. It includes ridicule. But it included ridicule for Jesus. It, it included persecution for Jesus, and it will for us. It included, for sure, suffering for Jesus, and it does for us as well. And for many of our brothers and sisters in Christ, it also means death. And, of course, it did for Jesus as well. Now, for some of us... <laughs> And this is often the case when I travel, not necessarily through life, but travel through the airport because I don't want to pay the extra money that you have to pay for your luggage. I usually try to carry something very light. And so sometimes in life, your luggage is light. I don't know that we'll show hands, but if things are going well for you right now, it might be that your luggage is light and that's okay. But sometimes, sometimes our luggage gets heavy. And Vicki and I have experienced heavy luggage in the past, and I'm sure we'll experience heavy luggage in the future. But here's the great part 
whether your luggage is light right now or whether your luggage is heavy right now, we are all carrying it. And thankfully, Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. And the next thing you do after you carry your luggage is you get on the plane. You get on the plane. And you get on the plane together. And that's pretty nice. If you are willing to say goodbye to your old life and be willing to carry your luggage, you get on the plane, and here you go, with Jesus being your pilot. That's a good pilot to have. Jesus being your pilot. You deny yourself, the Bible says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Now you've got to say goodbye to your old way. Take up your cross, bear your luggage, and follow me. We follow Jesus, the pilot, onto the plane. And then he leads us. I used to be really afraid to fly. I remember every little jolt and every little sound would just put me over the edge and I would... I would be a white-knuckle flyer. I, I don't know if you are or not, but man, I would get myself really nervous. And Vicky can remember a test of this. My hands would be sweaty, and I would just, oh, I'd get myself worked up. I've gotten a little bit better, but I'll tell you, when I get on the plane, the first thing I do is look into the cockpit to make sure there's somebody there, first of all, and then I've got this, this Goldilocks mentality when I look in the co- cockpit. I want to make sure the guys up there or the gals up there are not too young. And I want to make sure they're not too old. All right? I want to make sure that they're like in their 40s or 50s, right around in there. They're not too young. And they got experience, and they're not too old, they're not going to die of a heart attack in there, okay? That's kind of what I do when I get on the, uh, the plane. I look to see that the pilot is in there, and then I kind of judge, is this guy going to be able to do? Well, here's the, here's the great thing about being a, a Christ follower, is when you get on the plane of life, Jesus is your pilot. Jesus is your pilot. And because it's cheap fares that I normally fly, I know Will, Will's son-in-law is a Delta airline pilot, and he always tells me that uh, he would never fly Spirit, which is what I tend to fly because it's cheap. But it's not real comfy when you fly Spirit. And the plane of life that we are all on is not real comfy at times, is it? I mean, on spirit, there is absolutely no leg room. You have to get in there for that armrest and, and really be the first one to sit down, and then you've got to hold on to that position the entire time while your knees are up into your chest. And on spirit, there are absolutely no snacks. All right? they, don't, they don't give nothing uh, for free there. And then, of course, and really it doesn't really matter, I don't think, what airline you fly, there's going to be turbulence. And sometimes I have been in some pretty severe turbulence, and it's kind of scary, but i got to remember my pilot. And then worse of all, 
Sometimes I've had to sit in that middle seat. Ah! Nobody wants to sit in that middle seat. But then I think, as I'm sitting there cramped, not very comfy, with no peanuts and no Diet Coke, I'm thinking, hey, wait a second. I'm on my way to California. And when it's minus 20 in Minnesota, it's 80 there. It's 80 degrees there. I'm on my way to California where I get to see my mom and dad and my brothers and their wives and my nieces. I'm on my way to California. And so i got to remember that I need to, while I'm on the flight, I need to remember to enjoy my trip. I have to do my best to enjoy, enjoy the trip in the plane, always being aware of my destination. And I think that's important. You and I are on a plane of life. We're walking through the terminal of life. We've got to enjoy what we've got because we know our destination. And so when I get there, when I get to California, I need to do what really matters. I need to do what really matters. And that's what it says here in verses 35, 36, and 37. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? When I get to California, I want to do what really matters. And when I get to California, there's a lot of friends I want to see. Of course, because my parents live in Seal Beach, I want to go down to the ocean. I want to drive along the coast. I want to see my family. So when I get to California, I want to do what really matters. And Jesus says, and it seems like a paradox here, if I want to save my life, if I want to save my life right now, he says, in the end, you're going to lose it. If I want to hang on, if I want to stay in control, if I want to live my life my way, if I want to be in charge, if I want to control my own destiny, if I want to be my own man, the Bible says I'll lose my life. But he also says, but if I lose my life to Jesus, if I lose my life to Jesus, if I deny myself, take up my cross and follow him, and let him be in charge, I'll save it. It's kind of a, a paradox there. If I keep it, the Bible says, I may in fact gain the whole world. But in the end it says I lose. But if I turn my, and I'm, maybe I'm being gracious here for myself, if I turn my 90 years over to Him, I get the better bargain, don't I? If I turn my 90 years, and that's if I live to be 90, if I turn my 90 years over to Him, I get all eternity. I get way better bargain. It's called in a book that I read not too long ago, The Great Exchange. I give my life to Jesus, and Jesus gives me eternal life. It's the great exchange. I'll do that any day. A number of years ago I heard this and it's stuck in my head. One life twill soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And then lastly, you want to land safely. You want to land safely. As I currently look at my life, I think, in terms of traveling, I'm kind of beginning my descent. You know, when you're in a plane, and sometimes it happens like an hour before you land, the pilot says, oh, we're beginning our descent. Uh, Please uh, use the restroom or make sure you get back to your seat. Well, I mean, we don't know how long... I'm 61. I don't know how long my descent will last. Will? 80-something? You're on your descent. I'm on my descent. 83? We don't know how long our descent will last, but the Bible says that we want to land safely, and the way you do that is verse 38, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So if you're taking notes, don't be ashamed of Jesus, and he won't be ashamed of you, especially as you begin your descent, if you will. Paul records his runway approach in 2 Timothy. You're probably familiar with this. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 6 through 8. This is Paul's runway approach. He says, I am for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. And here you go. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who are not ashamed, to all who have longed for his appearing. Every day, we're all getting a little closer to landing. And here's my, here's my landing dream, alright? I'm 95. Vicky's 96. She's older than me. We're living in my daughter Kelsey's basement. Where every evening she gives me a foot rub. We crawl into bed about 10 o'clock after the evening news. And I break into chorus. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know, as I onward go, the way of the cross leads home. 
and we go to sleep and then we awake together in heaven. There's, that, that, there's, that's my dream. That's my dream. And my, and my daughter, Kelsey. Yeah, that's my dream. At the end of your bulletin insert, it says, the plane is loading. Do you have your ticket? I pray you do. Let's bow our heads for prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right inside the bulletin is a way for you to invite Christ into your life, to commit yourself to following Him. Lord, we thank You for the message, and maybe it was a little fun in the idea of saying goodbye, carrying our luggage, and getting on the plane. But Lord, it's really true, we are all on a journey, and for some of us, we're on the descent. Some of us are on the ascent. And Lord, I pray for those that are on the ascent that uh, they will deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow you. And they would not be ashamed to call Jesus their Savior. And for those of us that are on the descent, may we enjoy the ride, even though it might be difficult at times, because we know who our pilot is, and we know our destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.